History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast stream now. Off the ball. This is News Talk. Now, you're welcome along Wednesday evening here on Off the Ball. So, we introduced last night's show by saying it had the potential to be a defining night for a generation of Irish footballers. Safe to say that has come to pass. World Cup 2023 sounds very nice. Place booked, history made. Amber Barrett, we salute you. Vera Pau will be on the show this evening. Uh, plenty of player reaction recorded last night as well between now and 10 o'clock. 53106 is the text number. We're at Off the Ball on Twitter. Just to add to the feel good factor. Kenny Cunningham in studio. Hello. Yeah, evening, lads. Did you bring your crossword? Thank God for that. <laughs> Mick <laughs> McCarthy as well. Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey, Kenny. And called Denny with us as well because no. uh, I do this every time. <laughs> That's twice. <laughs> That's a huge That's twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Huge Two in a row. Gaff. Huge gaff. Two in a row. I'm so hey, sorry. What is that? Oh, that? That's now. Um, uh, that's a thing. It's a, a slip, Freudian slip. No, no, that's not the right word. No, no, that's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? Idiotic. Pushing that mic a bit closer to you. Oh yeah. So uh, yes. In trouble already, Kenny. Carl, you're very welcome. Richie, not with us. So, World Cup 2023 is on the horizon. One of the um, stats I saw, which really put the achievement into context was uh, made this morning on the AM show. Uh, so uh, 54 European teams have the opportunity to qualify for the World Cup. 54 teams involved in qualifying. Only 11 from Europe get through. It is very, very difficult to get through in Europe. It is home to a lot of the strongest teams yeah. in world football. And what's more, the seeding, the pre-qualification seeding of the teams who have made it through. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 11th and then Ireland 21st so the number of uh, rungs on the ladder that have been jumped here mm. to make a World Cup because for so long the team was talked about you know well there's potential and they could reach major championships and realistically it was always a European championships people I think were talking about and here they go and make a World Cup so it's absolutely extraordinary Yeah it's an amazing leap isn't it like to go from you know that that's kind of Irish stories of the of the past isn't it like that we're going to out fielding our expectations like you know I didn't realise we were that far down actually Yeah. to kind of like almost go from, what's it from 20 what 21st 21st yeah 21st to 11th yeah so that's quite something and I'm sure you were looking it's not, on it's not massive, that's not massive I'm going to stick up for the gears here Liv. I don't think that's a massive uh, uh, chasm uh, those are, take, your, take the what, point that you're saying to 12, 13, logically, 14, 15, 16, lo- 17, 18, yeah, yeah. 19, 20 logically but I'm looking at I'm looking at those the last couple of games I've seen say that game last night against Scotland and man uh, woman to woman we were the better team we were better than that Scotland team last night actually thought we made it har- harder for ourselves mm. than we should have so we should have won that game uh, last night in terms of the quality of player that we had on the pitch so I take your point to a certain extent I understand where we are mm. but from what I saw last night of that game and what I've seen uh, previously in other games we've been we've been in the ascendancy and I've been looking around our team and thinking we're better you know all over the pitch player to player we've got better players on the pitch we should be winning and that's what's been happening so yeah I, 
Interesting. You know, that's so that's, that's all that I'm saying. That playing respect. The, playing to their potential more in this uh, oh, yeah, for, yeah. tournament than they probably have in the past, which maybe they shouldn't have been so far down in the seeding. But that's the always the case, isn't yeah. it? A, a team you have to, you know, I, I never buy into this playing playing above themselves or. For me, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it exists. Like playing above yourselves, mate, that's like fantasy stuff. You play to your potential. Mm. And the challenge when you go onto a football pitch, whether it's club or international football, kind of week in, week out, is how close can you get to, to your, your top level, you know, wherever that top that top ceiling is. And that's the challenge. You're very, the, the, the fact is, you never get there. Sure. I've never played in the team that went on the pitch for 90 minutes. Yeah. Everybody excelled and done everything right in every moment mm-hmm. in the game. But that's that's the challenge. That's what kind of drives you. And the very best teams can kind of get as close to that more often than not on a regular basis. So it's so it's always interesting to get your perspective given that you've been there and done it because you could look at the game last night and you could see Scotland putting nice little patterns together at times in midfield and having a bit more of the ball than Ireland. And you could you know, think to yourself, well, they look like the better technicians and Ireland are defending yeah. resolutely. But we gave it up. I was surprised. Like, I didn't know anything about that. I've never seen that Scotland team uh, uh, play last night. Mm. Obviously, Vera Powell and the the players and the coaching staff, they've done all their, their homework. They know exactly what they're coming up against. Mm. But kind of 15, 20 minutes into that game last night, I was looking at thinking, I don't, don't think these can hurt us really, yeah. Scotland. Again, similar to what I'm saying. I was looking around the pitch thinking, yeah, we've got the advantage here. We're better than these. If we can get the ball, take the ball off these, mm. have more, and get into their half the pitch more regularly, we're gonna we're gonna hurt these. But it seemed to be the tactics seemed to be a little bit more passive, drop off that kind of low defensive block, and actually give up the ball. You're talking about Scotland controlling the ball. When you give the team, the, uh, the opposition team, the ball, they're not controlling it. Yeah. You know, you're giving them the ball, and that's what I saw. So it was a, uh, for the, I was surprised for the majority of last night how actually passive. We were. I thought we should have grasped that game with a nettle a lot earlier yeah. and really gone, gone for the juggle. And as that game drifted into the second half, I was getting a bit worried because I was thinking, we're the better team here, but we're not We're not showing it. We're not really grasping the moment here. Mm. Thankfully, it didn't come to fruition. We Obviously, we got a great goal and went down and won the game, thankfully. But I was a little bit worried for, the, for that reason. I just felt as if, no, we need to We need to be a little bit uh, bolder here. We need to get after them because we're, we're they can't deal with us in, in large areas of the pitch. Mm. Interesting, yeah, and then the finish was uh, yeah, what a goal, a beauty, really. I mean, this finish, right? I'm gonna no, so uh, Louisa Sullivan plays a beautiful, first of all, a beautiful pass. Yeah. yeah, Denise Sullivan, excuse me, and it has to be hit that early, otherwise Scottish right back gets herself back on the on the cover. That gap kind of uh, closes up. So uh, as soon as the pass is played, brilliant. But after that, Amber Barrett, it's almost like it's it's perfect. Yeah, the first touch, it's got to be a big one. Yeah. Away from the defender, use that speed, put a little bit of distance between yourself and the recovering Scottish defender. Then the second touch, and it's it's amazing. That second, I'd be fascinated to talk to her in terms of what was going through her head at that moment, because she's naturally right-footed player. Really, that next touch, you want to take it out to your right on your right side to take with the inside of your right foot. But by doing that, you're bringing the recover, recovering defender into play. They might, she might be able to slide in and yeah. make a tackle. Yeah. So then you think, well, shift it onto your left away from the recovering defender. They've no chance. But of course, by shifting it onto your left, you're cutting the angle and you're putting it onto your weaker foot. So I think I'll be interested now. So was it that was that uh, second touch deliberate in terms of straight ahead? Yeah. It was a little touch. So she kept it close. <laughs> she kept it close to her. But by taking it centrally, yeah. she couldn't 
almost open our body up to take with the inside of our right foot that kind of now that on read twist your body in motion yeah. and slow to the inside of your right foot so then it kind of it really opened itself up for the toe punt the yeah. little t- toe finish which is actually a brilliant finish yeah. if you can execute it you don't see it too often I played against some players who used to be able to do it and the no great thing no backlift no backlift you yeah. get the shot off quick and you'll notice ne- keepers never dive because it comes too quick. They can't set themselves. When they see you twist your body and open your right foot to pass it, they've got a split second to plant their feet and lean that way and they're on their way as the shot comes. That little toe punt, it leaves your foot so quick they just can't react. You know, as people think toe punch, you know, in your head, yeah. kicking on the streets, you know, <laughs> the old toe punt. But it's actually a brilliant finish. So that's what I'm saying from start to finish. As soon as she got, they made the run, the quality of the ball into her. But then after them, first two touches, and then the finish was brilliant. Mm. It actually stood alone in terms of what, it seemed, what we'd seen for most of the game, which was very kind of frenetic, nervous, yeah. fragmented ga- uh, game of football. Probably in a lot of respects, it was a poor quality game, which is understandable. So much at stake. Played in them yourself. So much at stake. You course, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like hot potato job. Mm. But that but that moment, that passage of play was uh, probably deserved to win the game. It was kind of a standout moment. Doesn't it matter how much it has to go through your head in like, what, three, four seconds? Because you're saying all that stuff that she had to decide upon. And then in the in- interview afterwards, she's talking about as well, it's like, I wanted to chip it over the keeper, but she wasn't coming. <laughs> so then I had to kind of react to that said, as well. Uh, and, you know. She yeah. said, we knew the keeper doesn't like coming off her line. So they'd actually done a bit of prep work and said, we, I knew the keeper wasn't was, coming off the line. Okay, yeah. She said her chipping her over was her first choice as well, yeah. though. So maybe that's more in practice than in the actual event of, yeah. of the night. Yeah, but. And then, of course, the celebration's iconic. You know, instantly I saw the celebration and I thought, oh, wow, that is just absolutely stunning. <coughs> Beautiful moment. And, you know, she talked afterwards. It's not just oh, I'm Donegal, it's well, yeah. no crease law. And yeah. my grandparents are there and I know yeah. first responders and I know people who are hurt. This is, uh, you know, I know it like the back of my hand. I'd have to, that post-match interview, which she did, I've got to be honest with you, absolutely blew me away. Yeah. I, I mean, literally. Yeah. I was trying not to cry on the it. bus at home last night. Watching. For somebody who kind of spoke, oh, you could have given me six hours prep before an interview like that, sure. and I couldn't have been a- I couldn't have been able to put that across as well uh, as she did. To be as spontaneous as that, and kind of as heartfelt uh, uh, as it was, and spoke so, and just the tone was like pitch perfect, wasn't it? In terms of explaining how delighted she was, in terms of the moment, what they achieved as a team, but also kind of marrying that up with kind of sadness not really sadness because kind of devastation devastation yeah. really at, at what you know had happened a few days previously I just thought it was like it was almost like a, it was it was a beautiful moment like you know really like, beautiful we've spoken to Amber a few times in the show she's playing football in Germany and, and anytime she speaks she's very interesting super intelligent but I mean that was just another level of composure and as you said eloquence under that kind of pressure yeah yeah because when you're talking about something we would find here even you're trying you're talking about something that tragic and that yeah. devastating you don't want to say the wrong thing exactly you don't want to use the wrong word yeah. our context exactly she's, yeah she's you wonderful. cause a bit of horror to people yeah totally yeah 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 i know i think the whole country at that interview went my god wow of, of anything we've heard in the last week not to do a disservice to anyone yeah last yeah week, that's that's right up there you know yeah yeah you know? well this is what makes you kind of you talk about with pride in the jersey and, and the football but for me it's kind of it's just as much people Pride in your own. When you talk about pride in your own uh, people, you know this thing. Oh, I, I love being. Oh, the the, the t-shirts. We're lucky being Irish and all. Mm-hmm. Now it's all a bit of a laugh and a joke and, and this type of thing. You know what I mean? But for me, that that's what it is. Kind of. I think there is a there is a truth there at the bottom of it in terms of 
that bit of pride in in ourselves and kind of what we stand for. And I, and I think she kind of epitomised it the other night in terms of how she spoke. I think that was the very in that in that whatever couple of minutes that she spoke, that was the the very best really of what we've got in this country. I think that's what we kind of that's what we're talking about in terms of when we're we talking those terms. Mm. Hi Joe, please tell Kenny it's actually called a toe peg. See different parts of the world it's called a different thing. What we, did we, you say? We, toe poke. He's we a were. toe poke. Yeah. I think Amber Barrett said big toe. Big toe, yeah. Big toe. toe what did bog. I call it? Toe poke. Toe poke. It, and it was toe more. Of a, it was more of a poke. Toe poke is a universal. It was a peg. It was a stab. Peg doesn't make any sense. No, I don't think so either. I'm thinking the peg on the line. I'm thinking another washing of the peg on the. That makes no sense, does it? Bog toe is more of a big punt. Bog toe. You heard bog toe. He bog toed it. He bog toed it. Toe bog. Is that a country thing now? Is that would that be a country thing? It was a. Are you North Kildare thing? I don't know. That's in between. Uh, North Kildare is kind of not one of the other. You're not one of the other there, no. Joe, really, are you? No man's land, really. You're, you're, not wanted you're, by you're, either. You want, to, you want to head towards the... Some did, some did. big smoke, you yeah. know, but... No, it's divided. You still have Dublin bus. <laughs> we had Dublin bus. Yeah, you're outside of Dublin, but you have Dublin bus. So Dublin didn't the definitely pale. didn't count us. It's the pale, traditionally, isn't it? Is that where you are? No, I think the pale's a bit wider than Kildare. Oh, yeah, but you're part... Of, you're part of the pale. Of the pale, yeah. <laughs> I suppose if you want to put in those terms, we can, yeah. It's basically West Lucan. Uh, we should start the news round which is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day and uh, so Carl I mean talk about a quick news cycle there is the euphoria and the amazing interviews and uh, all the excitement and just like a purity of a great occasion and then we have our controversy so Vera Pau has been uh, talking today about the video of the singing afterwards Yes so the Republic of Ireland manager Vera Pau says reaching the World Cup is the reason she took the job the girls in green made history winning their playoff last night by a goal to nil against Scotland to secure their place at the finals for the first time but the players and the management have apologised for any offence caused by a song sung by the players in the dressing room after the match a video circulated on social media of the players appearing to chant a pro IRA song and Pau addressed the incident when speaking earlier today. We should have taken responsibility um, and we, we should have been aware and it doesn't mean anything um, that the problem is that went on social media. The only thing that w what was important is what that it was happening. Um, and I must say, if I would have been in the dress room, I, I don't know the, the song. I know the sensitivities, but I don't know the, the song. So I wouldn't have been able, that's the downside of a foreign coach, I wouldn't have been able to, to interrupt it. Um, but the thing is that the players never meant to hurt anyone, but they did hurt people. And that is the same when something else happened. You don't mean, probably you don't mean to hurt somebody, but you hurt uh, and as people offended and uh, so that means that it's wrong in itself um, so we're deeply sorry we want to apologize to everybody who's offended by this and this is not a, a statement to make things good this is a statement that is deep down into our values of our team we're going to play the full uh, Vera Pau interview she was speaking with Nathan in Dublin this morning about 15 minutes I think uh, the fallout from the video is a big part of that. The statement at that stage had just been released and uh, Vera Pau spoke to any media who wanted to speak to her. I would say, first off, uh, did exactly the right thing. There was no silly denial or you mm. misheard the word or this didn't happen in the way you think. It was a full on, it's exactly what it looked like and apology and out in front of it, which is, I think, the right thing to do. And she spoke incredibly well, I would have said, across every interview I saw, for starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in some ways... It made the story bigger 
people hadn't gone on it. But I think in the long run, it's going to help. You know, there's a mea culpa to that. That is, that yeah. there's definitely no harm to it. And uh, yeah, I thought Vera spoke very well. Like, it's obviously taken on a life of its own now. As I think that was predictable. Like with these things, and it, it's got to the stage now where in some quarters and not everywhere. It is almost overshadowing what happened last night, which is just such a pity. Whatever way you want to look at it, yeah. whether it's right or wrong, or whether you know there there should be uh, this reaction or not, I think people will have different views on that. But it's just such a pity because last night was magic, like, and it really was. And you think of like we have we've been talking about this match without bringing it up the whole women's sport thing, which is good, you know. But at, at the same time, that was a big moment last night. That was a, a game where the whole country got behind a women's football team in the way that's never happened before and it yeah. was the only story in town on a Champions League night and there was something just, it felt like a kind of a red letter day in Irish sport I thought mm. and then this morning as the day went on the non-sport media that was covering this so well this morning started talking about something else and that's just such a pity I think because there was a real chance there and I still think we'll get it and we'll have the World Cup next year and everything yeah. and I feel if the girls I've got to be honest with you because they would have bounced out of beds this morning thinking Oof, the day ahead of them today phone calls interviews more the same that kind of feel good you know Boyne can't get enough of that you know what I mean and, and they've deserved it they've earned it you know they've kind of worked hard enough over a long number of years and that's been kind of uh, taken away from them now you could say look it was off their own doing uh, to a certain extent they understand that but that said I do feel for them in that in that respect because it's not easy if they're if they're having to sit down today and and, and answer questions on this topic. I think we're all worldly wise enough to know it's not easy. This is you know this is not a very this is not as simple an issue as some people uh, uh, would think. Particularly if you're coming from our perspective uh, in Ireland, if you've got any type of understanding in terms of our kind of general history, you'll understand how complex this thing is like you know what I mean it just can't be spoken about in a quick 10-15 second you know what I mean throw away comment and stuff this is a very complex thing and I'm not I'm not saying those the girls in terms for me my gut feeling when I when I heard only uh, heard it today was that the girls were very much just caught up in the in the moment in terms of what they were singing I think they were singing for about half an hour from from what I heard and this was kind of part of it and I, I don't think they there was a re- realization amongst all of the players there exactly what they what they were putting out there. I think he was caught up in the moment, very uh, very emotional, obviously high in terms of excitement, the whole the whole shebang, and it, it kind of came out of them. So I think you have to appreciate that, and I think you do have to cut them a little bit of slack uh, because of that. I'm not gonna I can't get into each one of those girls' heads and know exactly what they're yeah. thinking at that given moment, but I genuinely think people will be looking at that, particularly Irish people, for the reasons that I've said. And saying, "Okay, yeah, I, I understand what's I understand what's going what's going on here, and I'm prepared to give to give the girls the uh, the benefit of the doubt." Mm. I suppose, like it's it's toot and fro. The like there's the backlash, and then there's the backlash to the backlash. I'm not sure at which stage Rob Wooten got involved with Chloe Mustaki and was asking her, well, "Do you need to be better educated?" And that kind of drew mm. massive response. You know, kind of. Uh, you know, English broadcasters saying this to Irish player and and. Uh, that prompted more uh, discussion, especially online. Like, I think you make very fair points, absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't love seeing it, I have to say. Like, I, my first reaction was, oh, dear, this. Like, in a jersey on such a feel-good uh, moment. And I think you also, Kenny, make a very fair point, which is there are an array of personalities and backgrounds in that dressing room. So for some, 
like this, you know, very nationalist thinking and this, you know, very much part of their upbringing and their culture and they'd feel strongly about it and may not have any regrets. Others somewhere in between. Others probably, you know, would say, geez, I wouldn't, I, I would not totally au fait with why this is so offensive and I didn't grow up in this period. It's not a lived uh, experience. But I think to be fair, like I would sort of say whatever, whatever your persuasion, um, it's kind of an interesting thing, not just in that dressing room, but maybe in Irish culture generally, Mick, that like, you know, you are, again, whatever your persuasion, you are still at the end of the day talking about brutal murders of innocent people. And so to be casual about that, to be yeah. celebratory about that, to normalise it, to, you know, because that is just a thing that's in Irish culture of all ages, including the latest generation, that they'll just throw that around probably a touch carelessly. Now, if you want to have, as Kenny said, if you want to sit down and let's talk about Irish history for three hours, you know, you'll realise how complex it all is. But maybe like that style of of singing and that being just, um, you know, thrown around too carelessly at moments like that. I mean, maybe it's a good moment for everyone to go, well, you know, why is that sung in pubs as much as it is so carelessly? With You know, is, is that the, again, you may be of the persuasion where you think, well, hang on a second. You know, you go back to the north, this is absolutely... You know, they had to fight. They had no choice. Say that's your persuasion. It's not mine personally. I'm not, I didn't live it. I don't know what I've, I've read about it, which is different. But like, there's ways to pay tribute to it. And maybe that's not top of the list in that well, kind of environment, you, you know? You see, this is, it's such a glib song that's about, like, it's about Celtic, that song. Yeah, of you course, know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it's a song that's about, and it's like, it's a silly chant in the middle of it. So I don't think it buys into, it's, it's certainly not a mature, uh, um, conversation about our history yeah. you know what I mean it's nothing to do with that and I think you're right I think look these things happen and they're, they're a good chance to kind of I think talk about something that is like fairly widespread and is glib again isn't isn't politically motivated and isn't thoughtful yeah. it's just something that people do and I think that's okay it's okay every now and then to kind of say hold on like there's 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 issues with that and there's there's rightfully people offended and so on I think in this case right my point of view, right, and it's only my opinion, is that I've heard that song sang a million times. It's uh, it's played in coppers. Do you know what I mean? It is not an unusual song. It's a song, again, it's about Celtic, right? Mm. And it's got this stupid line in the middle of it that's in there to kind of get people chanting and doing exactly what the girls did in the dressing room last night, right? It's a bit of messing. And they're not thinking of the consequences and they're not thinking of everything that happened. And look, reality strikes and... It's I don't know if it's ruined their day, but you know what I mean. It might have ruined the experience in some yeah, ways, yeah. like Kenny said. And you know, fair enough. Like there's consequences that they're responsible to the Irish jersey, responsible to the FAI. That's okay. But I just think in terms of villainizing them for it, mm. it was songs played in the dressing room. It was a bit of dance, and I don't think you could ascribe a pro IRA sentiment no. to any of that. And that's obviously the way some of the spin yeah. in some of the media, not necessarily Sky, but like, you know, because I thought that that was a, in some ways a fair conversation. It might have just been, it, it came across pretty badly. But I think some of the, in some of the tabloid media, you're talking about like, you know, pro IRA chants and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If you actually know what it is, it isn't that at all. It's no. just a bit as, of mess. As you said, there is that bit of mess in aspect to yeah. it. Like it's, and it's, it's odd, you know, and I'd no. say... And maybe that's not good enough, but that's what it is. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and even like, how could you explain that aspect of your how? Like, yeah, it's, I know. It's incredibly serious, Europe, but then yeah, there's yeah. a kind of uh, bravado bit of crack to it as well, even though it's incredibly serious. And, and you know, you... Yeah, like, that's, I think you've almost got to have lived it. 
you've had to be surrounded by and kind of lived through to an extent and like you say Joe, everybody's experiences are different those people have grown up in the north over the last 50 years very different life experiences to us here predominantly in the, in, in the south and you have to uh, appreciate that and yeah, you've also got to appreciate. I spent most of my life over in the uh, the UK. I left up when I was and I was eighteen, so I lived most of my life uh, in the UK. So I've somewhat of in terms of perspective, in terms of how we're viewed uh, over in the UK. And I think it's an actual shame because I've always felt the relationship between Irish and say Irish and English people, British people in general, is a very good one. So much uh, in common. There's actually a huge amount of love there. When I play for for the national team huge amount of like good sentiment mm. Uh, mm. came from people neighbours friends teammates in terms of wanting me to do well the Irish national team and all that kind of yeah. thing like you know what I mean but there'd be a bit of ignorance I mean that lad's talking about that English report talking about ignorance on in behalf of like you know what we're talking about but there'd be a huge amount of ignorance in terms in, in England in terms of the relationship between Ireland and the UK over the so last two hundred years, way more in there. Over the last, yeah, yeah, course, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that one doesn't, I mean, that doesn't stand up at all. Like yeah. you know what I mean in terms of, but I think you do have to be careful. Yeah, words matter, don't they? Yeah, yes. absolutely. And if this was like, I think it does. Now people have dismissed this today a little bit. The fact that it came out on kind of social media. This wasn't the girls in in public putting this out there, like ramming this down kind of people's throat. This was somebody spur of the moment. Uh, there was, it was social media content involved wasn't in terms yeah. of throwing these these things up and it actually got out so I think there's something but to be learned something to be learned about oh listen I, I suspect the age of innocence now and how uh, that team this now very high profile team behave is, is, is probably uh, lying in the sand but on your point there was an RTE camera like right in there in the huddle and there was like photographer so like yeah that probably underlines the point that nobody felt this is actually yeah. anything to hide away or that this is wrong, which goes back to our conversation that, again, for for some, it's just like, oh, this is just a bit of crack, you know, because that camera was right there, very visible. Mm. And there was no sense of, oh, there's a camera there. We better stop. Yeah, and this is this, very you know? new. This is very new to the ladies team. But this amount of exposure that they're getting, particularly over the last year, it's gone from zero to like just into the stratosphere, really, in, in terms of the exposure that they're getting. Very, un, you know, it's, it's new. Not easy, like yeah. I mean, even me coming into the professional game, I just couldn't deal with it at all. Like, and that's going to take a little bit, of, bit of time. And like we're saying, I think we have to cut, cut the, the team a little bit, of, uh, uh, a little bit of slack in that respect. But obviously themselves, I think they'll have to wisen up a little bit themselves. And I had one bit of advice to kind of very, not one to this bell advice to the team, like going forward with that World Cup uh, coming up next year. Get rid of the cameras. And I'm, I, I'm not saying I speak for a big swathe of the popu- population here, but I was watching that game last night. The post-match scenes on the pitch, we've spoken about um, uh, the interviews. Yeah, Amber Barrett's interview, Vera Pell, the scenes, the pitches, the interaction with the players, absolutely amazing. Mm. When those girls, uh, the team turned to walk around, down the tunnel, back into the dressing room, I'd seen enough. That was perfect for me. That was everything I needed to see. I did not need to be taken into that dressing room afterwards and to see anything that was going on, whether it was a national broadcaster, whether it was social media, I'm not interested. And I think the girls themselves, I hope they realise uh, themselves going forward, what, how they interact in, in the confines of that dressing room should stay in there. Because, well, but, but because Joe, it may, that's what's special and they're the, they're the memories that they're going to value uh, the most. Yeah. Because of the fact that it's whatever they experience in there in the dressing no, room, I get all that. it's unique to them. 
point rather than an obligation or some kind of a subconscious thing where we've got to share this sure. with everybody we've got to throw it out there and get as much people invested in this I, I, I don't understand it I mean I, I, I was watching the England uh, women's team celebrate the European Championships in the summer I was watching their English manager the day after the game giving an interview to the uh, uh, to the media the door gets kicked open and the team come in and start dancing ar- around the, the table jumping up and like dancing in front of their, their manager I mean, I, I'm thinking what, what's going on this is like this is cringe stuff it's like, it was embarrassing I thought I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah, but I really don't un- understand it. I think that's that's part of. It. I just feel as if there's a time and a place, and I think that uh, that dressing room. And I'm sure I'm sure the the penny will drop the girls. And I would encourage them to literally grant no. Point when that door shuts, uh, okay, keep it keep it shut for the reasons that we're saying. The only thing I'd say to that point taken. Understood all that. I thought it was great that Vera Pau a few times today was asked about that aspect that it had leaked out, and she said this is not about the video this instance it's about that that song was sung and we don't think that's appropriate for our group and I thought that was a very good answer to that as well but I do take your but I think there is an additional point, point there about, about the video you know what I mean I just I, I don't understand that. I don't think there's any need for a, I don't understand why the um, teams whether it's, it's, it's predominantly in the the men's game as well we're seeing it I really don't under there's no putting the toothpaste back in the tube on that one though it's like that is just what people will do now they'll have their phones out it's like that's how people experience things yeah. is they uh, Joe's jumping up and down of excitement my thing is filming him doing it rather than actually enjoying it I don't understand it I don't think Carl's probably the only one in the room of that generation Carl what is wrong with your generation <laughs> wise up well, we uh, went to look just, I won't linger on but we, yeah. we qualified the World Cup whenever it was 2002 and we, we went and beat uh, Iran the, the second leg and it was they scored a late goal it was a little bit hard and scared and we just got there didn't we Yeah. you know so on the pitch you know acknowledge the fans and a little bit whatever and then back into the dressing room and I remember we were we, were, we came into that dressing room we sat down and it was almost like you could hear a pin drop for about like 10 minutes. Absolutely nothing said. Very little said, very little spoken. Just quiet time, just be amongst ourselves. Head up, maybe a little bit of acknowledgement, somebody across the room or whatever. And that was it. And I actually remember Ian Evans at one point saying, bloody hell, that's not even up. He's mm. qualified for a, for a World Cup. But I don't look back back at that and think, ah, oh, Jay's didn't really take advantage. We bounce. Oh, we'd have got a camera yeah, in there, yeah. and we. <laughs> for me, that's that's more special because what happened in that that five t- ten minutes? Only us as a group experienced that, and that's what makes and that's what makes it special to me. If that if we'd have opened that dressing room, let a camera crew in, then suddenly everything's different. You're aware of the camera. You're performing. You know, it's it's. Of course, it is. Yeah. When yeah. you're being watched, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So that's all I'd say. I know it's a little bit of a sidebar. You know what I mean? No, in terms it's great. of predominantly it's great insight. What we're talking about, but after this news round, the four of us are going to sit together during the ad break. <laughs> just, just take a look, just to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> we I nailed the news. Looking at your, at your clubber when I'm in the studio. You have got more reactions. So Amber Barrett spoke afterwards, Carl. Yeah, she did. And she dedicated the goal that she scored to all of those who lost their lives in Law last uh, Friday. Barrett, who hails from Donegal, came off the bench and it was her 72nd minute goal that was the difference between the sides. And in her post-match interview, Barrett was quick to acknowledge the performance of the team's goalkeeper, Courtney Brosnan. I can't believe it. After the game, I said, I didn't know what I've just done. I don't know what we've just done. But, you know, you look at little moments and Courtney saving the first half and... Those are just the moments that came for us. So yes, of course, I scored the goal, but Courtney's, Courtney should be standing beside me because she's equally won us that game. 
Well, she was exceptional, Brosnan. And in the last 15 minutes in particular, every time she caught the ball and hit the deck, oh, I thought, well, that I is got to say, that's the most frustrating job, thing yeah. of all time for opposition, and I love it. I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't actually recognise from a couple of years ago. There was a lot of conversation around a couple of years. I remember a couple of games yeah, there. Yeah, there was a couple of mistakes. individual mistakes. There was a yeah. huge amount of criticism. I give her huge credit in terms of, I don't know what she's done in terms of turning our, our game around, but she looks like a different person mm. just in terms of body, body language, language yeah. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I know the, the penalty stave is obviously outstanding, I understand, but for me, it was the other part. part she, there was a, we went to goal up, there was a couple of minutes after a Scottish player swiveled in the box and she struck it on about 12 yards out and she hit it really well, crisp mm. shot, uh, uh, towards the corner above uh, Courtney Brosnan's uh, hands. And just in the modern game, you got so used to keepers just punching yeah. punching everything away she grabbed it grabbed it immediately and brought it down to the ground I just thought wow that's that's really Contents impressive as well, yeah. and then coming for crosses decision making the whole thing so I'd agree I thought I actually thought she was she was man of the match and in a game like that where I've mentioned so edgy nervous tension the whole shebang you're looking around at people to give you a little bit of uh, confidence no better and I know this is a stand to have to look behind you and see your goalkeepers absolutely in total control of her game, un, un, basically unflappable. Yeah, and that's that's how she was. Didn't look as if she was going to get beaten last night. That's not to mention the penalty save either. Carl, we are uh, right out of time. Do you just want to give us, if you have a handy Liverpool team news? I suspect people might be. Yeah, interested. so the Liverpool team is in for tonight's game against Rangers in the Champions League. Allison starts in goal. It's a back four: Gomez, Canate, Van Dijk, and Simicas. Uh, Fabinho, then Elliot and Henderson in the middle with Nunez, Firmino, and Carvalho up top for Liverpool tonight. There's uh, one game ongoing in that group, which is Group A at the moment. Napoli lead Ajax by, by a four goals to two. That game now is in added time at the end of the game. Very good. Uh, we're going to sit in for the evening, keep an eye on those games. Kenny will be with us right through until uh, 10 o'clock, so we'll keep you very much updated. Mick, thanks for the time being. Cheers. Colin Milani. Thank you, lads. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, 